Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 19, the Happy Anniversary Show. Welcome back. As you just heard me say, it's an anniversary. In two days from today, on uh, May 27th, will be one year since I published the first episode of the One Player Podcast. I'm surprised at both how fast and how slowly that year has gone by. And how many episodes I've managed to make, and yet how few. So, I think this is pretty exciting, and I'm glad to still be here, and glad to be bringing another show this week. Today's episode is going to be about more print-and-play games. I'm once again going to talk about the solo print-and-play contest going on. There's quite a few games entered in it now, and kind of want to talk about those. In case you haven't checked any of it out, this might get you a little excited about the contest. And then I'm also going to review a solitaire game by BGG user FNH1 called March to the Sea. Before we get started on all that, though, let me go over some news. There's a few games on Kickstarter right now that support one player. There's Goblin's Drool, Fairy's Rule, though that looks like it's more of a kid's game. and Not really clear on how the solitaire rules work, but it does look like it'll be very light. However, the artwork, I think, is really nice on that. Another game on Kickstarter is a 12 Realms, which I have seen available on BGG as a print-and-play game, also with really nice artwork, and it looks like that's about to go on Kickstarter if it hasn't yet. I read something about that on the BGG News blog, but I haven't seen the game posted. This is a fantasy co-op game, and I'm not sure what you're trying to do. I think the 12 Realms are like 12 different fairy tales, or maybe something like that. Anyway, as I said, that looks really interesting. Looking forward to learning more about that game. The other day, I started listening to a podcast in Spanish, a gaming podcast, called El Tablero Podcast. And I was, honestly, I had a little bit of trouble following it. My Spanish is not as good as it used to be. This this is a podcast from Spain, so I found that a little bit harder to understand because I grew up hearing uh, Spanish from Cuba, or at least from South Florida. But anyway... It sounded like an interesting show. I, I didn't follow everything that went on, but it sounds like there's also a new segment on Solitaire Board Gaming, which just started on the last episode. And uh, in this show, they covered Do- the Victory Point Games' Dawn of the Zed. So if you if you understand Spanish, you might want to check this out. It's uh, As I said, it's El Tablero Podcast, and I'll include links to that. Also newsworthy, the Spiel de Jars nominees for 2012 were just announced. The, this last week. Three games are interesting to the Solitaire Gamer. First off, K2 was nominated for the Kenner Spiel Award. This is a one to five player game about climbing K2. I don't know anything else about it. It doesn't seem like it's cooperative. Maybe it is. There's also at least an expansion out for it if I remember right. Then there were two games as recommendations for the Kenner Spiel Award. In case you don't know, the Kenner Spiel, I think that stands for something like a expert game or connoisseur game or something like that. Anyway, first was Friday by Friedman Freeze. That was quite a surprise. That game is strictly a solitaire game. I think this is the first time a game designed specifically one player has been mentioned in the awards. And the second game is Aura and Labora, or Aura and Labora, which is, I guess, the fourth game in Uwe Rosenberg's Harvest Trilogy. That supports one through four players. Though I don't think the one-player game is that great because 
every time you play it uh, it's exactly the same there's no real random there's no randomness at all in the game other than your actions the winner of the uh, awards will be announced on July 9th of this year so that's uh, pretty much around the corner it's about 6 weeks away or so okay that's all I have for news I'm pretty sure there's other news I don't remember what it could be because I didn't write it down Sure does seem like there's an awful lot to keep up when it comes to solitaire gaming lately. It's games coming out left and right, so this is pretty cool. So as I mentioned already, the, the solitaire print-and-play design contest is underway. Games have been submitted for the competition. People are discussing the games and threads, one thread per game. Maybe more, I don't know. The games are in different levels of uh, readiness. Some are still being designed, some are just ideas at this point. I think some are playable already. And so it looks like there's currently 41 games entered in the contest. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a run through of those. If you find one of these interesting, you should go into the, the discussion thread for that game, you know, comment on it, maybe help make it a better game, maybe just cheer the designer on and hopefully make it the best game he can so you can have fun with it. And this list that I'm talking about is coming from uh, Chris Hansen's uh, contest thread. And I'll include the link to that. But he's, he's maintaining the list right on the first page of that thread, like in the second post or so. I'm going to go ahead and name name all the games, just tell you a little bit about them and who designed them. First up is Undisputed by Avery Clemmer. It's a solo card game in which you follow the career starting an up-and-coming boxer, climbing up the ladder, and I guess you're fighting uh, AI opponents. Okay, so that's a sports game, unboxing. Next is next is 2024, an Olympic undertaking by Andrew Hagen, An- Andrew Hagen or Andrew Hagen. There may be a typo here. The uh, in the description it says the year is 2014. The title and the title of the thread it says 2024. So the idea is, and I think it's supposed to be 2024, not 2012, because based on the premise, and it's probably too late. The uh, the idea is. You've been hired by the city hosting the 2024 Olympics to help get the city ready, do all the construction needed, you know, like the arenas and hotels or whatever needs to get prepared for the Olympics. And you have to fix it because the last guy in charge of that ran off with the money. That's a pretty original idea there. Next is Hero Song by Alexander Shen. It's a combat game using dice and it looks like it involves some dexterity. Next is Shadow Upon Lassiter, The Siege of Downish by Todd Sanders. The summary, it says TBD and then gives you some flavor text. Looks like it's a fantasy game. It almost sounds like it could be a, a tower defense sort of style game. Next is Medic by Mike NZ. It's a game set in World War II and I guess you're a medic. And your job is to save as many soldiers as possible. It also looks like this is the first game in a series hopefully. Next is Heroes Like Me by Cilantro5. It's a game about superheroes. You've been inducted into the Hero Academy and have uh, finished your training, your rigorous training. And uh, I guess, and it says here, each superhero candidate must adopt a hero-less city and prove themselves before earning their mask. Up next is The Shadow Over Innsmouth by Mary Grellis. I think I mentioned this last episode. It's based on the... Story by H.P. Lovecraft under the same name. You play a character who goes to Innsmouth and then is stuck there and need to do some exploring and get yourself out of the city before uh, before it's too late. 
Next is Entrenched by Rich Dodgen. The game is set in World War One trenches, and your goal is to to survive seven days with as many of your men still alive. Yeah, it sounds cool because I've been interested in finding some war, World War One game lately, and that might be cool. Next is Arrival: The Path of the Past by Paolo G. It sounds like it might be some sort of fantasy setting. Your city has been ruined, destroyed by some mysterious enemies, and now the you need to gather survivors and take them to safety, to the place of your ancestors. Next is Trans Factory by Gilad Yarnitsky. In this one, your goal is to build the largest city on the planet. Mm-hmm. Next up, Derelicts of Sin, Wraith by Enate Kurth. This one looks like it's a sci-fi game in which you are in a sh- derelict ship and need to get it going again and get your ship out of Dodge, as the description says. Okay, next is Terror Mission SWAT Team Manager. This is a game in which you use SWAT teams to fight supernatural enemies. Next, The Unfortunates of Toslandia and the Tablets of Doom by Andrew Potosniak. Looks like the place where you live is about to be ravaged by disasters and you just barely have enough time to build some sort of defenses to deal with them. That sounds overwhelmingly fun. Next is Monster Hunt by Logan Godfrey. It's a monster hunting game. You start weak and killing little monsters and buying equipment as you uh, as you make money and hopefully be able to kill bigger and better, badder monsters. Next is The Fate of Ishendor. Ishendor. By Chad Metzdog. The world is in peril and ancient evil has awoken in the West. Fairy tales from your childhood whispered of an unholy terror. Oh, those are bad fairy tales. Sounds like another fantasy game. Marching Orders is next by Chris Free. Nope, by Chris Fee. In Marching Order, you are a group of dungeon delving adventurers seeking fame and fortune, fighting against the denizens. Of the Darkness. Next is Damn It by Brad Norden. Damn It is a solo or, or cooperative game in which you're trying to help or rescue uh, townsfolk. Looks like the town is uh, about to suffer a flood because of uh, an overflowing river. Next up is Enfield Music by Sam Smith. It's a really interesting game and it turns out it's actually about the American Civil War. Looks like it's a high-level game where you're not fighting a single battle, but probably going throughout the whole war. Next is Shadow Agent by Michael Esmanek. This one, you're a shadow agent, which is sort of like the CAA, but apparently more covert or more secret. And it almost sounds sort of like a James Bondish kind of idea. Next is Cogs by Craig Andrews. Cogs started as a campaign system for alternative army war games. Looks like this is a steampunk game about combat. Okay, next is Pirates on Deck by Mark Anderson. It's a solo adventure for a bold pirate or privateer. Next is Sakes, or Solo Adventures Kingdom Exploration System by Logan Godfrey. In this game, I guess you're building and designing a uh, settlement, a fantasy setting, and then uh, attacking it with critters. Next, Advance Guard 1914 by Pell Nilsson, another World War One game. It's a low-complexity solitaire war game. Next is When to Tell by Richard Morris. This is a tiling game 
I think it's sort of like Metro or Tsuro from what I'm reading, or at least you might be using parts from those games. Next is Summer Isle by Ivan Paul, a game of deduction and risk management. Next is Minotaur's Maze by Indigo Kelly. Indigo Kelly, maybe? You're an explorer, and you're about to enter a Minotaur's Maze in this one. And the last game in the idea phase is Siege of Elysia by John Fairley. It's based on a battle in which Julius Caesar fought and defeated Vercingetorix and his Gaelic tribes. Okay, so that was probably about 20 or 25 games I just mentioned. Next, there's a whole bunch of games which are components ready. I think these are actually in a playable state right now, assuming you print it out. First up is Leet Traders by Rocco Prevetera. This is a game about a, being a space trader. And apparently similar to the, the games from the 80s on the computer. Next is Repercussion by Jack Neal. The game is about being the leader of a free country for eight years. I think that means you're a leader for eight years, not that the country's free for eight years. So if you've ever wanted to run a country, here's your chance. Next is Until Dawn by Jack Bennett. It's a, a zombie fighting game. You're holding your house against zombie hordes. Next is Inception by Lines J. Hutter. It's a solo card game based on the movie Inception. I have not seen that movie, unfortunately, I don't know anything about it. Next is A Modest Inclination Towards Speed by William by William Rettert. It looks like that's a race game. I really like the title of that one. Next is Spell Thief by Jesse. It's a dexterity game for one or maybe more people. Next is Two Deck Siege. It's part tower defense, part resource management, and part deck building. That sounds cool. Next is Foothold Enterprises. Hang on, did I tell you? Two deck sieges by Rocco Prevetera. Okay, next up is Foothold Enterprises by E. Nate Kurth. In this game, you're a young entrepreneur trying to get your startup company going. Next is Pioneer Rails by Scott Slomani. It's a pick up and deliver rail building game. Next is Dungeon Cube by Sturve Ta- oh, sorry here, Sturve Tafford. It is a dungeon crawl game designed for one player but can also hopefully handle two or three players. Next is Midnight Mountain by Michael Robertson. It's a, a solitaire game about mountaineering. And just uh, three more games here. Bionic One Contracted for Life by Jesse. It's a paragraph-style game, sort of like Tales of the Arabian Nights with some RPG elements. Next is Mason by CW. This looks like... Well, I think it's worth looking at this game here on your own, but it looks like it's some sort of game in which you're trying to fill space using your own design, and you need dice, some eight cards, and a pencil and eraser, and probably some paper. And next, finally, is Crash Landing by Rocco Privatera. It's a solitary game using a traditional deck of cards in which you're simulating landing a spaceship, fighting gravity and that sort of thing. Okay, so that's it. I guess I read 41 different games. Hopefully that wasn't too uh, tedious or hard to follow. And hopefully that got you a little more interested in the contest. So if you haven't checked any of it out yet, it might be uh, fun to do. So today's game is March to the Sea. It's by BGG user FNH1. He's the host of the Print and Play podcast, which 
hasn't been updated in about a year, and he's also the host of the Cthulhu podcast, which is updated regularly. He also has published some uh, books, I believe audio audiobooks, and I think a print book or two, including a Choose Your Own Adventure style book. Anyway, March to the Sea is, a, as I said, it's a print-and-play game, and it's based on a book by Harold Coyle called The Ten Thousand. This is a war game between the U.S. and Germany, set, I think, in the 80s or 90s. Apparently, the U.S. had troops stationed in Germany, and because of some political issues, Germany told them to, to get out of the country, and the U.S. start trying to retreat, and it ends up causing some sort of conflict in which they're, they're fighting with each other as the U.S. marched to the sea. This is a, a tower defense game of sorts in that you're US, you have uh, U.S. troops and they're going to be in the middle of the board and the German troops are coming at you. Now, your troops aren't entirely static, but they don't have a lot of uh, maneuverability. Anyway, let me tell you about the game. What you get, you get one PDF that has the rules. It's about eight pages. And you also get a some counter to print out and a board to print out. And that's it. The board is... Uh, the board prints out in two by six sheets of paper. I think the original was designed for a A4 size paper, European size. I printed it out in letter and cut the paper and then aligned all the sheets and made the board. And worked, that worked out pretty well. And, the, and it has about 10 U.S. counters and probably about 20 or so German counters and a couple other counters to keep track of things on the board. The counters are nice. They're about... A, about an inch or an inch and a quarter in size. When I made my game, I printed the counters out on a sticker sheet, stuck it to chipboard, and then cut them out. I think I just cut them out with a scissor, actually. Ooh, there's also a set of cards. There's 16 cards in this game. No, I think it's 20 cards, but it's not too many. I printed out the cards in a sticker sheet and then stuck them to a poster board. So in this game, you set your U.S. troops on the board, on the map in the middle, and there's about... You get 10 troops, and there's about uh, probably 15 or 18 spaces for them to move in. And then you can have German troops. Then you set up a couple counters to keep track of the turn and health and the German uh, political climate. The, at first, the climate's in your favor, and you get bonuses for combat. As the game goes, the people start turning against you. The public opinion starts turning against you. And uh, you end up doing worse in combat because of that. There, as I said, there's about 20 German counters. You put those in a bag, and each turn you can draw a few. Each counter has each German counter has a letter on it telling you which direction they're attacking you from north, south, east, or west. Depending on that, you're going to put them on the board in that side of you. Besides those components, you're also going to need some dice to play the game. And I also used a uh, a bag, a Crown Royal bag, to put my German counters in. Because each since each turn you're drawing a couple counters. The 20 cards I mentioned, each of them is an event that happens and they're all generally bad events which are going to hurt you a couple if you play them at the right time may end up being neutral but for the most part you know they're bad you're going to have a hand of three events and each turn you got to choose one of them to play so you try and figure out which is the one that's going to hurt you the least and go with that a lot of times you really don't know it's six of one half a dozen of another and you pick an event and play it but here let me go ahead and tell you the turn first you draw an event card if you have three event cards in your hand, you'll play one. Because you start with none the first two turns, you end up not playing event cards, but after that, every turn you play an event card. They do things like adjust the German opinion track, or possibly your wounds, or add units, German units to the board. After that, after the uh, drawing and playing the event card, 
you're going to move any German units on the board. They generally move in towards your American units. They all move one space. German techs move two spaces. After that, you can move your U.S. troops if you want. Then you draw two German units and place them on the board. The next phase is artillery. If you still have your artillery gun, you get a free shot at any one of the German units. You roll two dice. If you roll higher than the Germans, you destroy that unit. Otherwise, nothing happens. And finally is the direct combat, where any units next to each other are going to sh- fight with each other. It's the same mechanism. You roll two dice. Whoever has the highest total wins. However, there's some modifiers for this. Um, the German opinion, civil opinion track is going to impact the die rolls, as well as the type of units. I didn't mention before, but the counters, there's, I think, five types of units. There's artillery, infantry, tanks, aircraft, and anti-aircraft guns. If you have an aircraft attacking a tank, the aircraft gets a plus one bonus. However, keep in mind, the the aircraft has to attack, not the tank attacking the aircraft. If you have an anti-aircraft gun attacking a plane, he gets a bonus. There's also bonuses depending on which turn of the game you're in. And these are generally bonuses for the German, not for the U.S. troop. During the combat phase, all German units next to Americans can attack, and all Americans next to Germans can also attack. You get, As a player, you get to choose which order you do that. I tended to do the Americans attack the Germans first because I wanted to knock them out. not sure if that's always the right choice or not. That's how I played it. Finally, you move the journey track counter forward one space. This is basically a turn counter. You have ten turns in the game. It starts in, and once it reaches the ocean, your troops have reached the ocean, and the game's over. And then you score, and you see how you did. The score is basically a factor of how many units you have left in the board, minus how much damage you've taken. Let me explain that damage track. There's four spaces on it. Each time you take a hit, you don't remove a unit, you just move your damage marker one space down. Once it reaches that f- bottom fourth space, you uh, go ahead and remove one of units on the board. Next time you take damage, that marker goes back to the front. So it's just going to keep cycling through that. So that's basically the game. It plays in about 30 minutes. I found it pretty fun. It's There's definitely a, a fair amount of luck in it, but you do feel like you're making some choice, some strategic choices, especially like which event cards to play. I didn't end up moving my units very much, so I didn't get to use that to my advantage, largely because I, I had messed up and didn't realize that... Uh, you could stack your units, your American units. I was working really hard trying to get a unit out of the way to move somebody else, and there really isn't enough space to do that. The The components are nice. The map looks really great. The counters look really nice, too. They all have art on them. I do have one minor complaint in that the infantry counter shows a tank. I find this personally confusing. It's probably because the infantry has a lot of tanks in it also. It, the tank is not the same as the tank in the... Uh, tank counters that one's bigger so you could you quickly figure out which is which and get used to it but at least at first i find that very confusing i think a couple times i've probably messed up and moved my infantry two spaces instead of one thinking it was a tank but like i said that's a minor complaint uh the cards are also they're very plain they have a red border and text on the cards so there's no images on them but they're very clean and easy to understand now this game is print and play. It's however it's not a free game. It's a uh, ten dollars to buy it from uh, websites like I believe RPG now. There might be others. If you check the BGG page, you'll see links for ordering. So I rate this game good. So if it sounds interesting, check the game out. It's pretty new. I think it's only been out a month or two at most. Okay, so that's it for this show. 
tune in I think next episode I'm finally going to try and do an episode on Victory Point Games I think they probably make the largest number of solitaire games so it's amazing I haven't actually covered them yet and they, they have so many games and a fair bit of variety in the types of solitaire games they have okay so that's all for now well that's the end of today's episode if you would like to contact me you can find me as Fractaloon on BoardGameGeek or you can email me at OnePlayerAlbert at gmail.com the intro music is copyright Angus and is protected by a Creative Commons license. The song and copyright information can be found at gemendo.com. The show is published in a Creative Commons, non-commercial, share-alike license. Thanks for listening.